Welcome to Indie Insider, the weekly show where we chat with video game industry professionals about their projects, their stories, their advice to others, and of course, their thoughts on everything indie. I'm your host, Logan Schultz, and today on the show, I sit down with Brett Black and Shane Draper, the guys behind the indie studio Vashta Entertainment. We talk about their newly released mobile title, River Rider, the exciting major project, Harvested, why they love the freedom of being indie, the changing ways people download apps, and plenty of advice for other aspiring indie developers. Before we get to the interview, however, a couple of quick notes. This show is presented by Blackshell Media, a publishing and marketing firm working to help indie developers reach their goals and new audiences. The company also strives to offer unique, inspiring, and even educational services for developers, publishers, and gamers alike, which is why we get to bring this show to you. Speaking of which, be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast services across the internet. And please, leave a review. If you'd like to be a part of the show and share your thoughts, questions, or even request a professional to bring on the podcast, send me an email at logan at blackshowmedia.com. You can also find the most up-to-date news on the Indie Insider podcast on Twitter by following at Logan A. Schultz. That's L-O-G-A-N-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. Finally, special thanks to Brett and Shane for joining us on the show, as well as Benjamin Tiso over at bensound.com for allowing us to use his song, Going Higher, in the show. And now, Brett Black and Shane Draper of Vashta Entertainment. Welcome to Indie Insider Today. I am talking with the gentleman behind Vashta Entertainment, an indie development studio uh, working on some fantastic games. They just released a new game that I'm super excited to talk about. Um, Brett Black and Shane Draper. Guys, how's it going? It's great. Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, it is a Sunday evening for me, and uh, and I imagine for you as well. Um, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me. We've been waiting to put this together for quite a while, so I'm really excited. And I caught you at a good time. Like I said, you just released a new game, correct? Yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, what is this game? We'll, we'll get to the whole company, and I want to get more in-depth with the game, but uh, I don't want to leave people hanging. Tell me about this new project. So uh, River Rider is an action arcade type of game that's sort of inspired by stuff like Flappy Bird and Helicopter. And okay. the main mechanic of this game is inertia. So you type, you uh, tap lightly on your screen and you accelerate your fish. And they don't move to where you tap. They move in that direction. So as you collect eggs, you get more fish and you get this big school of fish that are moving around. And wherever you tap, they all accelerate towards your finger. So eventually you get this crazy swarm and you're dodging rocks, collecting coins, eggs, and trying to survive as fast as you can. It's a quick session game. Okay. And as you go along, you can unlock additional characters. So this is a mobile game. It's uh, I think it's out on the App Store too, and it's also with Google Play, correct? Yes. Okay. So uh, I mean, this you can mention it's kind of a quick session type of game. I mean, that's perfect for the mobile space, right? Yes. Well, guys, uh, let's just start at the beginning. I want to hear a bit about you, where you come from, how you got into video games, and how Vashta Entertainment came to be. Um, Brett, can we start with you? What is your childhood like? How do you get into video games? Uh, so I've always loved video games, and I like, I like to say that the first decision I ever remember making is getting Roller Coaster Tycoon. 
Excellent. I remember uh, my grandmother giving me $20 and I went to the store and I thought it looked cool, so I got it. So I've always <laughs> been a fan of building games and simulation games and god games like that. You and I are in a similar boat in that regard. I feel very much the same way. It's good. Uh, okay, so you're you're a really big fan of these games. Roller Coaster Tycoon is excellent. At what point do you decide you're going to work in video games? You That's what you want to do. I mean, it's always a dream. Even going back to Roller Coaster Tycoon, I thought that I was some sort of prophet or something when the first <laughs> one came out. I thought, oh, it'd be so cool if I could design my own parks. Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 comes out and you can do that. And I think, oh, I want to ride the rides. And Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 came out and that was the case. <laughs> so, I mean, I think yeah. I always... From a very young age, I was playing these games and thinking, how could I change this? How could I iterate on this? So it was always a dream. And eventually, when I got older and more competent with computer skills, the natural application for them was developing original games. So Shane, tell me a little bit about your story. How do you end up loving video games and getting into this industry? Sure. Um... Well, I mean, I guess the first games I really remember playing were with the Game Boy Color stuff like Pokemon and PlayStation 1 and all those different things like Spyro that came with that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I loved playing stuff back then, but it probably didn't occur to me that I was going to be in games more till uh, I actually met Brett in middle school. And we started to collaborate then on multiple types of projects. I knew I wanted to do... a something in the entertainment industry with music. I think since I saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I loved that music and I knew I wanted to become a composer. So I had been following that path, but whether it was going to be uh, films or video games, I wasn't really sure yet what the outlet for that music was going to be. Excellent. So you mentioned that you two met in middle school. Take Correct. me between middle school and the beginning of Vashta Entertainment. How does that happen? <laughs> Um, well, actually, in middle school, when we originally met and became friends, I guess part of our uh, bonding experience was that we were both players of Lord of the Rings Online. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, so as our friendship actually grew throughout that uh, year, I guess it was around eighth grade or something, okay. where we decided we wanted to build our own games, uh, weren't very successful back then. We had no no practical skills whatsoever, and we tried to build an MMO. Naturally, that did not work. <laughs> yeah. But, um, sure. Yeah, and actually, what happened soon after was we started a band with ourselves and some friends called Vashta Narada, oh. and, which is actually the true base of the name for uh, Vashta Entertainment. It's kind of a nod to our old band that we had. But um, after high school, I guess, we kind of lost contact for a brief amount of time. And then Brett approached me later about potentially starting this company. Okay. Tell me a little bit about this band. So you both are uh, involved in music as well then? Yes. Yes. Okay. What do you guys do? So we both play guitar, but we have additional instruments. I also play mandolin and a little bit. Shane's much yeah. better. Um, I that's I went to school for music theory and composition, so music's always been like a big part of my life, and uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's such a cool aspect of your story. So, have you found when you're developing that music plays a big part in kind of the projects that you work on, the things that you do? Hmm. I mean, 
that's probably not necessarily a driving factor. I think we sure. always think about different different things we can do, new approaches, and how to uh, insert it into our games. But I think a lot of the design aspects actually come purely from uh, ideas we had from either games in the past or games we liked. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't say probably is built around the music too much. Sure, that's all right. Yeah. But I think that what's cool is uh, it seems to me you guys are pulling from a lot of things from your history when you're putting things together, right? It's uh, your band has this name, so you end up taking that name and turning it into the name of your video game studio, yeah, right? Yeah. Or it's like the games that you're making are inspired by the games that you loved when you were growing up. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Boy. That seems like a it's coming from a really solid place. That's that's kind of a I don't know, just a cool aspect, a cool inside look into the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, thank you, thank. You. Yeah, of course. Well. Let's keep going then. You end up losing touch after high school. Uh, what happens? Uh, uh, so, yeah. yeah, I guess I started out actually majoring in electrical engineering. Um, and then the summer after my freshman year of college, I just decided, you know, I'm going to teach myself to code. So it was actually, it was game related, but I wanted to build some sort of tool for D&D that my friends and I could use when we were playing tabletop. But I just sort of ran away with it so i learned a little java got comfortable with that and started messing around with games and so i knew that shane was always interested in that and i've always enjoyed working with him and knew that he would be interested in this project so i contacted him and said hey i've i'm playing around with this game it's nothing much but do you want to contribute some music for it and i mean i don't think we ever decided oh this is going to be a legitimate company this is going to be something that we're going to be doing for four years plus and we'd have these massive projects it just started out as this is something that's fun to do and we took it more and more seriously as time went on yeah i guess what was this project and and how do you end up working on your first game take me down those steps well i mean we uh the first game we actually started working on we we cut it it was yeah we kind of we kind of like cut it out it's not necessarily um, not going to be released. It's something that's just we've tabled yeah. for the time being. Okay. But what ended up happening was we then took a, another little break there. But then Brett uh, ended up calling me with the idea for Trenches of War, which was the first mobile game we released. Okay. And I guess uh, we've been actually still consistently working on the design for that game and adding new features. So we've never stopped the development on that, but that was released uh, quite a while ago. Yeah, Trenches of War came out last fall, and our big PC game that we're working on, Harvested, that is actually an older code base than Trenches. I didn't pull Shane into it until a little later. At first, it was more of a sandbox for me, and it didn't have much of a game identity. It was more, oh, I want to program something that does this. I want to do this, this. And then eventually I realized, wait, I can turn this into a game. And so I guess I brought Shane into that project about a year after I started that, and it was still very primitive at that point. Okay. So uh, let's take one quick step back, because I really want to get into Harvested uh, quite deeply. But tell me a little bit about Trenches of War. What is this project? Trenches of War is just a side-scrolling mobile game. So that's on both iOS and Android. Okay. You basically... You get money both over time, and as you move through the trenches, it makes it easier for you to get uh, these boxes that are deployed from the sky, and you gather money. It's a World War One based game, so you get to summon troops, tanks, 
um, all kind of stuff as you slowly move through trenches, getting closer and closer to the enemy's base till you can eventually conquer it. Was this the first game that you guys uh, put up that you sold? Yes. Okay. Yep. Tell me a little bit about that process, putting something up uh, that you actually created and, and putting it out there in the world, that content, and what sort of response did you see? It was terrifying. Um, <laughs> it was So uh, we put it out there uh, in September 2015, and originally it was just released for Android. We put it up there. We didn't think much was going to come of it. We saw it more of a resume thing yeah. than anything else. Yeah. We're just putting it on the App Store or whatever. Sure, fair enough. And uh, I put it on there, and we're getting we, – we got a decent amount of reviews from the beginning, and – a lot of them were one and two star reviews that said, oh, I love the concept, but you have this game breaking bug, fix it. Or uh, this one person accused me of basically faking the screenshots when the game was just a side scroller with music. And the reason for that was I had a bug where I assumed people's phones were a certain size and no buttons showed up on that person's device. So oh, wow. <laughs> there is, I guess, a three month period where, you know, I'd be hanging out with my friends and I'd see a review came in and I ditched them and spend four hours fixing that bug, put up a new build, and hope for the best. And eventually it got to a point where we were getting good reviews pretty consistently. Our uploads were doubling, or our downloads were doubling every month for a while. So for a while we were putting out monthly updates to support the game with new content. We launched with 11, and we launched with eight levels. Now we're up to 125. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. So you've put a lot of support into that project. Yes, Tell me a little bit about what it feels like to see one and two star reviews. How do you, I mean, how do you respond to that? How do you not get defeated and end up putting so much into your game in the long run? Well, I mean, I guess we'll both give an answer to this. I would say, first off, usually the one star reviews, they don't usually get to me because they're just really, uh, they're usually just so nasty and ridiculous. It's not really an attack on our game. But it's a lot of times like those two star reviews are the people who've thought about stuff that's, like, really wrong and why they hate it. But as long as people add, like, a real critique to the game, I think we find it valuable and we definitely go to the drawing board with those ideas. Whether we respond to the people or not, we still take everybody's ideas into consideration and try and respond and try and figure out why people don't like the game or do like the game. Sure, sure, sure. But I'll let Brad also talk to that. Yeah, I mean, when I launched that, that was... Those reviews were hard hitting. They were very demotivating when well, I bet. you put all these hours into something and then people just start tearing it apart. I remember reading fairly recently about Bear Simulator, which was a game I'm sure you've probably heard of it. It was a Kickstarter Steam release, and mm-hmm. I think the developer had a eighty to eighty five percent satisfaction rating from the from the backers, but the project was still abandoned because the reviews got to the developer so much that they just couldn't even handle looking at it so they canceled the project and we have this joke that uh at yeah. some point i'm going to give up access to the account so i can't check the reviews they all have to go through shane because yeah. he can handle them <laughs> yeah. better than me but it, I, I will say after a year and a half of waking up every morning to someone calling you out sometimes by name uh it definitely gives you thicker skin yeah God, yeah i mean it has to to some capacity right but then you ended up turning it into, I guess, such a positive thing. And you saw some positive response, especially in terms of downloads, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. Uh, so that ends up being, well, here's one last question I want to ask you. 
Mm-hmm. How did you end up getting reviews for your game? It seems like when you're putting a mobile game out there, it's like putting it out into the abyss of so many games and apps and projects and and so much content. How do you even get people to notice you in the first place? So, well, um, that's a really hard one because I don't think we quite know what caught it on besides potentially the title of the game might have just really, really meshed with like popular search searches yeah. because, sure. yeah, uh, I'm not. We're not really quite sure. I think. Yeah, I mean, at release time. Downloads. Yeah, when 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 we first put it out, we were the only World War One game on Android, and I think that helped. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so we were definitely in a certain niche where I think that appealed to some people. Yeah, but I think a lot of it was organic. So we did stuff like uh, Slide DB. We put a post on there, and our we're still featured at the top of that website. If you scroll a few over on the top a year and a half later trenches of war now available for android is one of the featured articles (laughs) so for a while that was a huge stream of downloads and we still do get some views from there but that website helped us out a lot and i think that just gave us the initial push but i mean i've read plenty of stories about other people's experiences and they do not sound anything like what we experienced which is really fascinating that is fascinating yeah, I've had the opportunity to talk to a few different um, mobile developers on this show, and I mean, none of them have had the same experience as Trenches of War did. Uh, it, it's just so fascinating to think about. And you guys, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things you did, but you didn't put too much effort into marketing your game, did you? None. Yeah, no money into the marketing. Yeah, we yeah. didn't pay for a single ad. So the game is... Uh, the game comes out and uh, you you know you get your response to it you keep moving forward what happens next um well it depends i guess uh i guess we'll start like we kept we kept updating it as we've said and uh trying to really be responsive to the the community and we actually we've had a no- a couple people who've consistently emailed us and asked us about updates and made requests for stuff and we have tried to fulfill some requests and um try and really be as responsive to the fans as we possibly can mm-hmm. and then we eventually did start a kickstarter for um trenches of war to go to the pc platform and try and get on steam which we did eventually get steam green lit for and we're hoping to release that soon yeah yeah very yeah, we're soon. just wrapping that up oh okay i mean that would be is that experience has that been a big shift for you moving something from the mobile space to uh to steam and pc it's intriguing i mean we're people who we've always been more interested in pc development than mobile we have these mobile games but that's never been our end goal so okay harvested is a pc game so we've had that mentality through all of our development and i think it was actually a bigger shift for us to decide oh we want this game to go onto phones and i i'll be honest i do not play mobile games and I'm very unfamiliar with a lot of that realm. Shane has filled <laughs> me in on a lot of things, but <laughs> I play games. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tell me about Harvested. I'm ready. Yeah. So uh, Harvested is a massive project that is very close to my heart, and and the most basic concept of Harvested is that it's an RP, a real time strategy game where you play as a controlled character. 
So if you can imagine that you're playing Age of Empires, but you're actually someone on the field, you can go around and cut down trees. You can shoot the enemies, but you can also then hire people to cut down trees for you. You can build an army and do all the RTS stuff, but you're always moving around ASWD, point and clicking to shoot with your mouse. So for that game, we basically built a real-time strategy game, uh, some survival elements, and a top-down shooter, and found a way to make that control scheme and architecture work with each other. The game, I'm actually uh, I'm looking at your website right now, which has a dedicated website, harvestedgame.com, um, and looking at a trailer for the game, it's this kind of actually quite pretty top-down look at this project. Um, how did you come up with this concept? Where does this game start? This game is insane. This game went through so many identity crises. <laughs> um, I, originally, I think my original idea was based around stuff, even like stick RPG, like very primitive flash games like that. At first I wanted to run in a browser, but I, I, I'm a huge Minecraft fan. And my biggest issue with Minecraft is I can build this awesome castle and no one can attack it. And that drives me crazy because I want, people to attack my castle so when i started programming i wanted to build a game where my castle would never be safe and that was what the roots of it were that was uh, originally i was thinking something very minecraft-esque we cut procedural generation from the game but originally the maps were procedurally generated and it was meant for more of a survival feel but yeah so it's something where we just we tried a ton of concepts thought about what worked and what didn't and then iterated so this game has gone through many different phases and somehow ended up with where it is now, but it does not reflect the original design at all. <laughs> so in the large-scale process of developing and producing a game, where are you guys at in the process right now? Uh, um, it's, uh, it's really hard to say because a lot of times, I'd say throughout all of our games and the development of all the, all the games we've had so far... You think you're going to be done at a certain point, but then it just grows bigger. The project gets bigger and bigger, and you're not quite sure where the release date's going to be. We've um, we've tried to be stricter on Harvested because it's expanded to such a huge game that we've tried to rein it in a bit. I'd like to say that we're looking for um, we're like we're entering beta kind of okay. soon and we'll be looking for testers yeah the the game is feature complete so that's yeah. good but okay. there are lots of bugs to fix lots of user experience fixes we've done the first chapter of the campaign but we have a lot of campaign related stuff to still do yeah okay but there's something there i mean there's a game there now. oh yeah oh yeah it's yeah. a it's a yeah, very it's, playable it's game. It's completely playable people can play for hours in one session yeah. we've demoed it at three different uh conventions and there have been some very long sessions being played by there it's a very complete game tell me a little bit about that i don't know that we've talked about that too much on indie insider yet uh what is it like to demo your game for people <laughs> at a show okay yeah i mean it's very tiring for anyone who thinks they're gonna go into it i'd be like very prepare yourself and definitely go with a, a partner you can't probably really handle that by yourself because so, i have seen people go to these mm -hmm. shows and they just put up their table or their show and they they're the only one from the team who showed up and you're standing there for a number of hours and it's it's a difficult process yeah. and you're 
basically explaining your game over and over, saying right. the same stuff to people to try and tell, explain to people what your game really is. But um, it's also very fun because you get to see how people react to something you've been working on and you're really familiar with. And you see how people don't gravitate towards the same uh, game to sit, like uh, gameplay options you know, that you'd make when you play the game. Oh, sure. That makes sense. What sort of responses did you see when you first you know, kind of showed Harvest of these first couple times? At our first one, that was probably the most valuable moment in our entire time working on this. We brought a game there... And people just played it in ways that we never imagined anyone would. And I don't say it as a bad thing. I mean, some of it was really impressive. But the reality is we thought that the game was played a certain way. People played it another way. And there were huge game-breaking bugs that we did not account for. There were ways that you could basically instantly win because people thought of things <laughs> that we didn't. So we had tons of bugs caught. We had tons of basic user experience things that we just didn't think about, and we had amazing suggestions. Uh, by the third convention, we definitely were focused more on just individual elements. How can we improve this? How can we improve that? But at our first convention, which was MAGFest, it was, we were just hammered by so many suggestions, so many bug reports, and that really transformed the game. So we did talk about this at the beginning, but you just had a new game come out, River Rider, um, again, in the mobile space and Google Play and uh, the iTunes App Store as well. Uh, yep. Is that a side project then for Harvested? Is Harvested kind of your you know, your main project right now and River Rider was just kind of a side blow off some steam type of thing? Or, or how does that fit together within your uh, studio plans? Well, I think since Harvested's become such a big thing, we and we've worked on it for now a number of years on that game and it, to avoid i guess not burning out per se but it kind of grows tiresome to just day after day look at the for brett the same code for me like <laughs> looking at same art or thinking of these same concepts or working on the same score it kind of becomes a little bit monotonous as much as we love it but so what we did was we took a break we have a bunch of games that we have in like our queue of game ideas mm -hmm. and it's nice to just pick up something else and create something and get it out there and go through that whole fun process of releasing and hearing what people have to say about something we made whereas we don't want to rush the development of harvested so we get to get this out of our system and then go back into the development of this game and make it the best we can so river rider when did that game come out uh, like pretty recently, right? Just yeah, yeah, two two and a half weeks, maybe two and a half weeks ago. Okay, what was the development time on that? Like, how much time did you put into that? Well, that's another fun question. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do things weird in Vosh Entertainment, but uh, the basis for River Rider was actually just some hack night thing I did. Like, I guess I did that last fall, and just one night I just decided I'm going to make a game. So I made a pot of coffee and an omelet and just coded for 10 hours straight and came out with a decent game oh, wow. and it looked terrible. Okay. And there were a lot of issues with it, but Shane really liked it and came up with some really good ideas on how it could improve. He did all of the art for this one. We didn't outsource an artist and the, the result was a way, way better game. But I guess this one has been 
mostly a two-month project, I'd say. Yeah, mainly just two months. Yeah. So pretty quick and, turnaround. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually, yeah, it's been hard just two people sometimes to get that, uh, to get the idea on paper, like all the ideas out, and then actually building the thing. That was way faster than I think we probably thought oh, yeah. that would have been developed, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something we should establish, too. Vashta Entertainment is just the two of you. Yes. Yes. And But you've said you've outsourced some stuff in the past, correct? Yes. So some of the art projects become a little bit much for just me to take on. Especially sure. since there's so much stuff that we have to account for and there's two of us. Um, a lot of times Brett or I will put even basic fill or quote-unquote programmer art in. But a lot of but then after that, uh, we, for um, trenches of war, Willem, Willem Eatsma. has done most of the that artwork you see, and then what happens is a lot of the artwork runs past me, and I either tweak it to give it the accurate perspective, and this is true for Harvested and uh, Trenches of War, and then again I did all the art for River Rider, which was the voxel three D art. Right. But um. Yeah, so some of the art will run past me, and then it just makes the development easier and quicker. That way, we don't have to wait for me to try and get all the animations or something in somewhere, or wait for an artist to get all the animations. Because it can take a while. Yeah, that can take a while. Right, yeah, absolutely. Well, Brett, Shane, are you guys doing this full-time at this point, or are you doing other things as well? No, uh, I'm an educational game developer in a day. and Yeah, and then, I mean, I do freelance work, but then I also just have my uh, job in town. Yeah. What is your job in town, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, no, um, I am in uh, music retail, so I do sell, like, guitars and all that kind of stuff. Okay, great. So, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're recent college grads. We graduated from college this past year, so... Most of this development was as students. So yes. that's what I was going to ask. Right. So you, I mean, this is still a side gig for you. Is this something that you guys want to do full time? I mean, I think, I think we'd both love it to be able to do it full time. It's, you know, it's hard to get that ball moving to make enough money off of the games to actually well, right, sustain. Of course. Yeah, and as an alternative perspective, one of the things I've really learned from meeting a ton of these people at conventions, when your entire when food on your table is dependent on making games, which it's very hard to predict how profitable they're going to be, right? It becomes a very very stressful thing, and you have to make a lot of decisions where you have to kill your darlings for the money, not to make the best game. And yeah, it, what I love is that I can have when we work on these games i'm not depending on that money to pay for my bills i can go and have my day job and build games there then i can come here and build these games and make sure that they are really the vision that we want them to be that's really important we talk a lot on the show about the business of games and you know how you make a living and how you do this full time and how to be an indie developer how to be a video game developer but what is it like when you know it's okay for you to not do this full-time right now to still have your day job and and do this on the side to make sure that your bills are covered and then allow yourself to make the games that you want to make so i really appreciate that perspective 
Mm-hmm. Well, guys, tell me a little bit about the release of River Rider since it just came out. You're two, two and a half weeks away from release now. What has this experience been like? Has it been similar to Trenches of War? Better or worse? Yeah, I mean, it's been slower than Trenches of War. With okay. uh, Trenches of War, it was slow in the beginning. It was a little better than it was now. But with that game, I think every day now we get more downloads than we got cumulatively over our first two and a half months. Okay. So that was a game that really, really sped up. And we're getting downloads. We're not getting as many as we hoped, but... We're reaching out to additional sites. We launched our SlideDB page pretty recently. We're looking for ways to expose the game, and we're hoping that it picks up in a way that Trenches of War did. But Trenches of War was something where it happened over a very long period of time. Right. And I don't know if we really have enough data to determine the trajectory of this game. Well, you said uh, for Trenches of War, you didn't put any sort of money or you know too much extra effort into marketing. Is that kind of your same approach with this project? Yeah, yeah, we haven't really invested money into the advertisement of this either. But, I mean, we do have Trenches of War kind of as a mode of advertisement now, so there is like a a check out our other games kind of button on there. Okay, sure, that's a good aspect. So it does provide like, in one way or another, advertisement for us. And then since we're already listed so high on SlideDB that like when we posted another article and that does gain more traffic than trenches of war maybe necessarily would have on its own when it was originally released so since there's already some attention towards us we can use that to our advantage like our facebook page right so we are advertising more than we did but i wouldn't say like we're not really we don't have any money pouring into google's like ad services as it stands right now we see games like trenches of war and river rider as a way to fund harvested so we've been using a lot of money we've earned, and we're we're saving that for Harvest, Harvested's release because we do intend to have a much larger marketing campaign for that game. Yeah. So really, I'm talking to two guys who are building towards their first major release, the first big one. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So Trenches of War, I mean, that that's that's all you know, fine and good. It's, I'm sure it's a it's a very you know grid game based on what you've put into it and, and all the extra work you put in river rider out now but that's all building towards the big one which is harvested yes mm-hmm. i see i see the mentality behind it now and my other question i guess to you is you know it wasn't river riders first couple of weeks weren't necessarily what you had hoped uh, but not necessarily maybe so bad either how do you set expectations especially when your game development company is not primary for you guys i mean how make or break is releasing something like river rider it's not necessarily make or break for the company but it does hit us to a certain personal level on how well we do sure so it's not that like it's not that we won't it's not that um not making money off of it is going to be the problem it's kind of that we put out we are, we're only putting out ideas that we felt attached to and felt would do well. Okay. And when things don't do as well, I think that is like a little shocking to us. Okay. But um, other than that... Yeah, no, I, I agree. I definitely think that on a personal level, if you release a game and no one plays it, it hurts. Sure. Yeah, and, but it's not like we could say, oh, River Rider didn't do as well as we hoped. We're out of money and now we have to cancel Harvested because... Th- yeah. That's not the situation we're in. 
do you think that you know if River if River Rider had done amazing in its first two weeks, that would have affected Harvested's development? Um, like is that how you had structured things, or well, was Harvested going to be the same no matter what? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of features that we would like to add to River Rider, but we're not going to add them in there. The rate at which we want to throw those features in is going to be determined by the player base. Sure. So for Trenches, we launched it as a minimal viable product, and we waited until the base game was stable and it had a community before we started pumping out updates. Same thing goes. If River Rider did really well... I would have spent today working on some of those features we have planned. Yeah. Instead, I spent the day knocking out a few bugs and harvested. I see. So it just changes the priority or the uh, where you're allotting your time and your efforts. Yes. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Well, guys, tell me a little bit about what the future looks like for the company. I mean, obviously, you're working on Harvested, and you're going to continue to do that. Um, and, I mean, seriously, audience, go check out HarvestedGame.com. Check out this trailer. I think that you have something... You know, pretty cool, pretty unique here. Um, so I'm excited to see where it ends up. But um, obviously you're going to continue working on that. But what's next for you guys? And what's next for Vasha Entertainment as a company? Well, I mean, like I had uh, mentioned before, there is like this little game queue that we have kind of... Uh, where We have a ton of documents on all these different games that we could go through. And once Harvested's out, we have a few games already that are we're mulling around. Talk, talked about uh, what it's going to take to for Brett to code them, what it's going to take to for the art development, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have the ideas moving forward, both for mobile and for PC game. But I think a lot of our efforts are really going to be into harvested now. We don't after Trenches of War gets released on Steam. I don't foresee anything else being released until Harvested comes out. Okay. Are we, I mean, I'm sure you can't say and you're hesitant to say, but I mean, is Harvested a twenty late 2017, 2018 game? <laughs> Ideally in that range. Um, it, it, it's always unpredictable of these things. And there have been so many times where we thought we were near the end and we realized we had to change some things. So, I mean, it's one of those things where I think if everything were to stay as it is now, yes. Uh, If we go to a convention this summer and find out that there's a fundamental flaw with the game, we're going to fix that flaw. We're not going to release it and just say deal with it. Of course. Well, and that's so important too, right? You don't want to release a broken product. Yes. Especially for the big one, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, yeah. And then also, I mean... I think Brett's with me on this is that uh, we definitely don't want to enter that whole um, beta limbo that a lot of games have been doing where we enter the market and then just have, you know, these updates, but you never really, you know, you pay for it, but we're never really leaving beta. I think I kind of miss the days of being able to just see a game, buy the game, and then I'm like, that's my game and I like it. And I think we are aiming well, not that we won't update it and correct fixes, but I think we'd like to be able to release this product and just on day one, people can grab it and we're like, that's the full game. And we, if you guys want more content, we're still open to these suggestions, but this is what we thought was the best product we could put forth on day one. Got it. I got it. Well, guys, thank you so much for sharing your story, telling me about uh, your projects, Harvested. I'm, I'm actually legitimately excited about the game. I'm excited to see how it comes out. Um, 
audience, go check out River Rider. Just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you like these guys and want to support them, check that out as well. Well, Brett, Shane, if you guys are interested, I would love to pick your brains a little more about some broader questions like we usually do on the show. Talk a little bit about indie games. I really want to talk about the mobile market with you guys and kind of what your experience has been and, and your thoughts uh, on, on where we're going with that. If, if that all sounds good to you, we'll go ahead and step into that part of the show. Sure. So let's go ahead and, and just start there. Like I said, mobile games. Your first one was, um, you know, a, a little bit faster moving or, or, or a little bit uh, uh, stronger than maybe your newest one is starting to project. But tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in mobile games as a whole. I know, Shane, you play some more mobile games than Brett does, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me. What do you guys think about the space? I mean, are mobile games going to be around for a while? And, and do you think this is a viable space for, you know, aspiring developers? Yeah. So I think one of the things that, uh, so the other day I had, I was telling somebody about, uh, the release of River Rider and they're, they were kind of confused. They were like, oh, are people still playing video apps at like these video games? They haven't heard as much about them. I think we're not having as much of a, uh, People aren't seeing this one game release. Like I felt like when Temple Run and all those games were happening a few a few years ago, like everyone would get this one game and everyone knew what that one game was and it right. had however many million hits. And that's not necessarily a big deal anymore because the same was true with like YouTube. And what we're moving more into now is that people try a bunch of games, they install them, they play them, they uninstall them. And it's just a completely different market that the, the there aren't these games that are just these massive hits as much. We have a lot more just straight lines of people trying a ton of games. And I think it's actually a really great thing for people who want to enter the video game industry because it gives... It's given us, like, a source of income. And I wouldn't say that... Um, people are hitting, like, millions of downloads and it's not a big deal sure that makes sense yeah river rider is a free game you're not charging up front for it correct? no so none of our games we want we don't want to charge for any of the games we put ads in them yeah on mobile on mobile yeah but yeah <laughs> right. yeah harvest is yeah. yeah, a different yeah, story harvested is not free to play. <laughs> yeah okay but um yeah but for mobile yeah trenches is free you can pay to eliminate the banner ads and then for river rider you can watch ads to gain coins, which allow you to buy characters. So we do have ways of funding our projects because all the money we make from those ads just gets recycled back into our time that we put into the games. Sure. Well, that's what I was going to ask is, I mean, how do you go about structuring revenue streams within um, free-to-play games, uh, especially on mobile, that are effective? Is, is what you have set up now, especially within River Rider, like you just said, is that working? I mean, it could be done better. We are not, neither of us have backgrounds in marketing or monetization or anything like that. So a lot of this is just figuring it out as we go. Of course. So I mean, for when I compare our statistics for downloads and amount of active players and all that stuff to how much we've earned off of them, we could definitely do better. But and this is something that we're just learning and we have improved things. We've changed the way that banners are placed. We've and it changed our strategies at multiple points and seen improvements. But we're just reading what other people have done, experimenting on our own, and 
hoping that we see improvements. Well, here's a question for you then, because I think we've talked about, you know, marketing and monetization and a lot of that throughout this entire episode, especially with the looming release of Harvested in the next year or two. Would you pick up more people to help you out with that? Would you pick up a marketing person and, and bring them on to Vash Entertainment? Is that something you'd want to do? Or do you love that it's the two of you and, and you're going to figure this out together? Um, so I think we are open for suggestions. If If somebody came to us with a clear plan and it actually felt very legitimate and they seemed excited about the project, I think we'd be willing to hear that out. And consider it for sure. I mean, we're willing to expand the team. We just need the person to feel like really passionate and understand that there's not a lot of money in it right now. Sure. That it's something that you're going to have to be in love with and put a lot of time and effort into. So if somebody was willing to do that, I think we'd be definitely open to hearing that. All right, so audience out there, if you're looking for a passion project, something uh, you know that's not going to pay your bills, but you just want to help out because you're excited about it, check out Vosh Entertainment, right? Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. cool. Well, expect a flood of emails now then. We'll say that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go back to the mobile space just a little bit more. Um, so we talked about you know your game being free, how you actually make revenue that way. Uh, and Shane, you were talking about just how uh, pe- people's approach to playing games on mobile has changed, right? Yes. Not, not everybody has Pocket God in their pocket anymore. People kind of yeah. cycle through. And especially with free games, it seems like, at least in my opinion, you know, I can download a free game you know, without any thought about it and delete it the next day and not worry about it. But I spent you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour... You know, just checking it out, and it doesn't seem like too big of a deal at all. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, that is what I'm getting at. And it's not to say that there aren't these breakout games. I mean, certainly, I think you've been living under a rock if you didn't hear about Pokemon Go. And, like, all that kind of stuff. So there are these times where these games break out. But I don't think that's necessarily the goal. Because there's just these games that are out there that are doing well that not necessarily everybody knows. Like you have uh, The Simpsons tapped out. It certainly does very well for itself. And I mean, that's not necessarily indie, but the you know, that's a game that people play. And then you also have people who are we're playing like um, all Game of War. Yeah, all, all these different these different things that are just either imitations of other games and all there's like multiple versions, like bubble shooter versions. Oh, like right, there's a of ton course. of those. And all of them have like millions of downloads and banners for ads of other games and people tap those. And it's kind of this like cycle that they've built for themselves of just people downloading games, hitting advertisements, and it's giving revenue to each other. And it's kind of a cool thing to jump in and be a part of if you have a good idea. And if you are planning on being a developer, I think... You know, the the goal's not even to necessarily become this big breakout game. It's to just join the flood of the other games. And if you end up being a big deal, that's awesome. But I think you get a lot of... Uh, it helps build your development chops in the industry by just being a part of it. And it's it's kind of cool. And it can even generate maybe a little bit of income for yourself. Well, I'm sure that you guys both probably feel that 
you know, just by working on Riverrider and putting a project out there that you guys are honing your skills and, and continuing to grow, right? I'd think so. Mm-hmm. In some capacity, at least. I mean, you're doing the work. So. Definitely, yeah. Uh, here's a question for you, and this is kind of changing topics. You guys self-released both Trenches of War and River Rider, correct? Yes. Would you ever consider working with a publisher on other games or, or even Harvested? It's honestly something we haven't thought that much about. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, we didn't look into it that much. We like the idea of self-releasing. But pretty much anything, anytime that we go through anyone else, it's more for that person than it is for anything else. So, like, if we met a publisher that we really liked and we felt they would really care about our project and they would show it the same passion we've shown the project, then I think we would seriously consider it. But I don't think we're the type of people who would just go hunting to find a publisher because that's what is an established thing to do or anything like that. So I don't mean to assume too much, but it seems to be a theme in what you're telling me that, you know, whether you're hiring a marketing person or are looking to partner with somebody like a marketing marketing person, rather, um, or you're looking to partner with a publisher, you're looking for somebody who shares the same interests as you and shares the same kind of passion as you for these projects and somebody who, who fits in with you guys. Yes, definitely. Is that something that you feel is lacking? in the video game industry right now is it uh is that something you think other people find important as well uh, this is another i guess broad question within the video game industry but what do you what do you think about that about you know uh people putting their passion into their projects as opposed to just the work or the money yeah i mean it's uh, that's case by case there's uh, obviously a lot of AAA studios are attacked for basically reducing games down into min- what decisions based on profit rather than fun sure but i'm a huge fan of city skylines and that is a game that was only possible because of colossal order right um if they didn't go through a uh, publisher then they would have it would have never been a thing but they've still been able to produce a game that is really fun has it's always gameplay first and the community loves it so i don't think that it's always an issue, but there are definitely cases where the publishers are fighting the studios. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard on, I think, the it's hard to build these AAA games. And, um, like, they require, they need, you can't, like, uh, they can't take the route that indie games are able to do. Like, we're able to sink in a ton of time and not have a lot of money come back, but in AAA industry, like, it's their job and the that's the company's job to make sure everyone's going to get paid at the end of the day and the only way you're able to have so many people on a project and get that high quality uh, the high quality games you see are because they're guaranteeing that these people are going to get paid and that it's a worthwhile project so i mean i don't i don't think i think the game industry is they're doing well with creativity and all that i mean well, so here's a follow-up question to that then. It seems like both of you love the freedom that being indie provides you, if that makes sense. Yes. Would either of you go work for a AAA company if the opportunity arose? Um, I think it it kind of depends. I think for for both of us probably we'd want to be able to still do our side projects, which I know a right. lot of companies are restrictive of. 
that a lot of times that when you join one of these studios that they don't want you working on outside projects. So in that in that kind of space, I wouldn't want to necessarily join with them permanently. However, being a musician or an artist that they freelance, I'd be more than happy to participate with that. Yeah, like anyone else, I when I started programming, the dream was that these games would eventually lead to a job in exactly. AAA, and I think that's really what our goal was more than even establishing our own company at the beginning. Sure. But the more I've seen of what's out there, given a choice between working for a AAA company where I am just a programmer and I have a small task and that's it, and not being able to do my own games on the side versus being able to do these games on the side where I have a design role where my ideas are fundamental to the project and then also working another job, I would take what I'm doing right now any day. That's Yeah. Well, good for you guys. I appreciate that answer. I appreciate you guys are, you know, sticking to what you love and doing the things that you want to be doing. So good for you. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, Shane, Brett, Vashta Entertainment, you guys have been fantastic to talk to. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your insight. Before I let you go, at the end of every Indie Insider episode, I do ask my guests to share a piece of advice. Uh, one last thing to send home with uh, aspiring developers, listeners, people who want to make mobile games like you, or people who are working on their big one, uh, just like Harvest did. Uh, Brett, so, I'll start with you. Can, can you share a piece of advice that, that you can send home with people? Yeah, so um, I guess I'm actually going to start by somewhat quoting Stephen King, and uh, I love his book on writing. Anyone who's into do-it-yourself or any sort of creativity, I'd highly recommend that book. But one thing he talks about in there is people come up to him who want to write a book and ask for advice. And he asks them what they're reading and they say, oh, I'm, I'm too busy to read. And I think that the most toxic mentality you can have when you go to create something is that you're too busy for any part of it. I know so many people who have said that they want to build games and they'll do that when they're less busy. They, they want to do it at some point, but they're too busy right now. I think if you really want to do something, you have to learn to reorganize your priorities and just do it, even if you have to make some sacrifices to make that happen. Shane, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess the piece of advice that I would give is something that I think both Brett and I have believed in, is that uh, you have to complete something. And it's really hard to do, but you have to close a project. Because I know for us, any of these projects could go infinite. And like we, if we wanted them to all be perfect and exactly as we imagined them and have all the features we hoped they'd have, it would never be complete. It would be a lifelong project. So we have to understand where to make cuts and where to make decide that this is what the game's going to be. And I think that's really important is that if you're going to go into this, Take a manageable project, something like simple, and put it out there and see how that feels. Explore that before you go for that big harvested game that you want to build. Yeah, we would have probably been dead by now if we didn't put out trenches. That, yeah. That's very important. Sure, sure, sure. Well, that's sound advice. Well, that is actually great advice from Brett Black and Shane Draper of Vashta Entertainment, an indie studio uh, working on a big game called Harvested, just released River Rider, uh, and also released Trenches of War uh, just a couple years ago. 
guys, thank you for coming on the show and chatting with me. And of course, audience, you have all been listening to Indie Insider, a show that is presented by Blackshell Media. Blackshell Media is a publishing and marketing firm dedicated to helping independent video game developers reach massive audiences, publish financially successful titles, and turn game development into a career. Uh, and it's the company's mission to help game developers get more of what they want out of a rewarding opportunity uh, in, a, in the game industry, uh, more fans and sustainable revenue to keep them moving forward. And of course, they also have an educational branch of the company. And that is why I get to bring this show to all of you, you aspiring developers, you gamers, you listeners, you fans. Uh, so, of course, if you want to connect with the show, you have thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. If you want to just touch base with the Vashta Entertainment guys, we'll we'll get them back. We'll talk with them. Send me an email, logan at blackshowmedia.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Logan A. Schultz. Uh, Shane, Brett, if people want to find you out on those interwebs, they want to track you along, um, how can they find you? Well, I mean, you can go to uh, vashtaentertainment.com and contact our... Um, contact us directly that way or both brett and i both have our own websites that you can visit either brettblack.com or shanedraper.com and you can see what we do individually as well and we love and we love talking to people who have questions so yep, we're happy to answer anyone's questions yeah that sounds great well thank you guys one last time for coming on the show i'm glad we finally had a chance to put it all together i've been looking forward to this conversation for a while yeah, and thank you for having us yeah. thank you and congratulations on the release thank Sincerely. you well i will keep an eye out for harvested when that game comes out let's get you back on the show we'll talk again all right yes sounds, sounds great. good awesome. have sounds a nice good. rest of your day yeah absolutely you guys too and to all of you listening have a great rest of your day and we'll see you all next week